In this episode, I recall watching children learn to swim at a local park. Watching them struggle to get across the pool is an amazing example of perseverance. Just as we struggle with our own battles, it is easy to forget that we have succeeded in the past and we will succeed again if we continue to persevere. So um, out here, out here in the suburbs, uh, we have swim leagues. You know, every neighborhood has their own little swim team, and the neighborhoods compete against each other, right? And in these leagues, um, if you don't know how to swim, they'll teach you how to swim. No matter you know whatever age group you're like, if you're five or six, they'll teach you how to swim, and and you have to overcome the fear. They teach you how to float on your back. And what I like about the swim leagues is that um, no matter there's an event called the freestyle and the freestyle pretty much means you could do whatever type of method you want to get across the pool. That's what you do. Right. There's no points, no deductions. As long as you get across the pool, you're fine. And so every year there's always like a new swimmer who takes little baby, maybe five, six years old, takes the longest time to get across the pool. She tries, she kicks, she grabs a rope, takes a breather, takes getting the whole time. Everyone's like, you know, you just keep trying, you just keep going, you keep going. And when she gets to the end, everyone's like all elated. Yeah, you did it, you swam. You know, it took you like 20 minutes, but you got across that pool, you know, because the thing is, as as parents, we, we've seen our kids struggle with this whole swimming thing because swimming is like 99% mental. You know, once you conquer that fear of getting in the water, you know, then you can move forward. And a lot of kids, um, they don't have that fear at first. They have the ignorance of it all. So they're like, yeah, I get in the water, just flat, boom, suck in all this water. You know. I'm listening. So yeah. They never had the water in the water, they choke on it, and they then they have a whole new respect for the water. But now they're afraid. They don't know what to do in the water now. They thought it was fun. The ducks float on it. You know, I can skip rocks across. It was a fun thing to be. But when you start to choke on water, it becomes a terrifying event, you know. And so they have to get you to breathe, how to hold your breath, how to float. And then they teach you how to use, how to swim. And so um, my kid, she would just learn to swim like maybe four feet. And the coach was all, she's rarely compete. I'm like, coach, she can't swim four feet. She's only three feet tall. That's only one foot of swimming. Like, she's ready to go. And see, I was like, and to me, I was happy with that four-foot swim. I was all, yeah, you did it. Because my goal initially was just for her to uh, respect the water, be able to hold her breath. That was all I wanted. I didn't care if she got a gold medal. I didn't care if she came, you know, went to Olympics. My thing is, I just don't want you to drown. That's how we are with life a lot of times. We just don't want to drown. And the coach was like, that's good enough to compete. And so it's all about perspective. We see ourselves as just good enough not to drown, but actually we're good enough to compete. And so what I realized in that moment was that the the coach had a purpose. I just had a goal. And with sobriety, that's what many people do. They have a goal. I'm just going to be sober, you know, through the new year, I'm going to be sober until I get off probation. But it, actually, you have a purpose, which is outside of this just being sober. It's bigger than right now. It's bigger than this 18 months you have here. It's bigger than this. 
it's bigger than drinking, period. Drink, bigger than drug use, period. Your purpose is bigger. And this is why I feel short, because I was thinking, I just want her not to drown. But there are people in your life, just like that coach, who have, who have a bigger vision of you. They want you to compete. They want you to be out there. So it's, sobriety doesn't just stop just because you stop drinking. Sobriety kicks in when you are just change your lifestyle. It's like with the swimming, because now you become someone who can't swim to someone who can compete at swimming. That's the same with sobriety. You go from someone who can not drink, but someone who can be enjoy life without drinking. Someone who can enjoy being just on a natural high. And now you can fulfill your purpose, which is bigger than you right now. So people end up using because they have all this stress, all these things in their day-to-day life and end up using because they're focused on a goal and they're focused on a purpose. When you have a purpose, what's happening right now is not that big a deal. Just like with that swim coach, her swimming at four feet, that wasn't the end of it. That wasn't the dance in the end zone moment. That was the beginning. And just like your choice to change, your choice to stop drinking or using, that's nothing to celebrate. I mean, it's nice that you've turned your life around, but that is not your purpose. Other people celebrate purposes. Purposes? I don't know if that's a word or not, but I'm going to say it anyway. Others celebrate your purpose. Individuals celebrate a goal. It's about the purpose. And this is why you, this is why sobriety is an important aspect of your personal success. And another example of this swimming thing, when it comes, when it defines purpose, I have a, another kid and when he, he would take the class. And this is why I say it's 99% mental, 99% mental. He took this swim league for two years never get across the pool two years till one day I realized you know people aren't really pushing him and see true friends will push you will challenge you will say this is you know you have this thing that you can do even if you don't think you can do it true friends can push you to do these things and so when my son was in the class when in the league the first year he did it he learned the things and the second year you know I told the coach I ain't gonna keep paying you for you to keep uh you know if he ain't gonna swim she goes, well, he knows all the stuff. He knows techniques. He's just not getting it done. I don't know what it is. So um, in that sense, I was like, he doesn't really get the severity of the situation. He doesn't get why I'm pushing him so. And sometimes in our sobriety, this is where we have people in our corner who are pushing us, but we see them as adversaries. We see them as people who are trying to tell us how to live our life, you know, but they may be trying to have their life, but it's coming from a good place. So when people complain about or fuss about things that you're doing, just know they wouldn't be fussing if they didn't care. And so I realized with these coaches who were at the time little high school kids and they didn't work for the main coach, they don't care if my kid can swim or not. They don't have that tenacity that I have. It's not about knowing things, not about being smart. It's about how tenacious you are, how much fight you have for something. So as soon as my neighborhood pool opened up, because I don't have a league in my neighbors. I have to go to this one. So I took him to the neighborhood pool over here. And um, I'm like, son, you know how to do it. You just you just aren't doing it. You got in your own head. You got in your own way. You know? And so he, I took him out of the middle of the pool. 
you know, and he starts negotiating with dad, this or that. Dad, uh, don't let me go. Dad, da, da. and this is what we do with our sobriety. We start trying, finding ways to negotiate. Okay, well, I'll just cut this thing out or I'll just stop this or I'll cut back. I won't drink so much. I won't smoke every weekend. He's a negotiating, but this is not swimming. And that's what I told him. I said, you're just talking. You're not swimming. <laughs> For you to get it done, you're going to have to actually swim. I said, I'm going to let you go when you're going to swim. I, I was challenging him. I said, you know all the parts, just like with sobriety. You know the good life. You know it's like before you started using. You remember the happy times. You know that life. So, but you have lost track of your purpose. And so he got so mad because I told him I'm going to let you go. And I let him go because uh, he was like, Dad, take me to the – I know this is what I said to him. I said, if you don't want to swim, that's fine. Go ahead, get out the pool. He said, okay, walk me over to the edge. I'm like, no, I'm not walking you to the edge. I told you you know what to do. So, he, so I said, I'm going to let you go. And if you want to get out and swim, you can get out. So then he was like um, – so he's like, Dad, don't let me. Boom, let him go. I said, you want out? Get out. <laughs> sure enough. He went to swimming, and boy, was he mad. I mean, he was swimming, swimming. He was doing it. He was stroking, and he just had that anger in his eye because now he forgot about the fear. He stopped talking all this nonsense, and he got that fire to succeed. And that's what really sobriety is about. That's what really a lifestyle change is about, forgetting about all these failures in the past. Stop using these things as barometers for the future. They don't measure your success. You measure your success. He swam to the edge. I recorded and he got to the end. He looked at me so angrily. I like, son, before you uh, say anything, you just swam across six feet of water. It was six feet deep. You swam. Didn't touch the bottom of nothing. He looked over. He was like, I did. Look, and it was funny. I didn't even notice, but the lifeguard was watching us the whole time. And the lifeguard was like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, I knew he was going to do it. Because I've seen him, they taught him everything he needs to know. And that's the same thing with your, your success and your happiness. Everything about you, you already know. But for some reason, people that have crowded in these drugs is trying to find a way to find some new happiness, crowd out the, the struggle. No, this is the struggles aren't, they're not failures, they're learning lessons. This is why you take in water when you first start swimming, because once you start swimming, that's part now I'll know, don't do that. This is what I got to do. That's same way with sobriety. You will make some mistakes. That's fine. It is a new life. It's a lesson to be learned. And so you have to find that purpose. You have to find that drive. In my son's case, his drive was that anger. In other people's cases, their drive may be family. Their drive may be career. Their drive may be, I just want to be a happier person. I'm tired of the fighting. That is your drive. That will push you, that's what pushes you beyond your past beyond the failures because those aren't failures. Those are just lessons that lead you and sharpen iron and get you thinking different way each time you do something. So just because you messed up before doesn't mean that actually you will mess up again. That's true. But there's two sides in everyday life. There's failures and successes. So just like you failed before and we fell again, you have succeeded before and you will succeed again. That's the idea you hold on to. And that's the idea my son wasn't grasping until I let him go. He finally got to the idea I have succeeded before, I will succeed again. This idea is known as self-efficacy. 
the belief that you can do it again. I am Rashad Skinner, licensed therapist. Thanks again for listening to The Therapist Wears Sneakers. Thank you.